Um, why was I thinking there was something else I needed to say? I guess not. Did somebody need to say something? No? Okay. You had your chance. You just lost it. But um, All right. Well, let's go ahead and um, I want to try to finish up um, the kind of what we've been looking at at the deity uh, of Christ. And um, we've been looking at some really important things. Obviously, the revelation of Christ, how um, Christ has revealed himself, that he is the eternal God. Um, he was manifested in the flesh and all the different prophecies um, that were fulfilled uh, through him. Um, but again, just the attack, the attack on him, on Christ. Again, what did he ever do wrong? Nothing, right? He didn't, ever, didn't do anything wrong. Um, in fact, just the opposite. He did so many miracles. He healed so many people. Um, he, he taught, you know, and, and when people heard him teach, they said, we've never heard anybody teach like this guy before. Um, I mean, there's just so many different things, right? Oh, I know what it was. It was sitting right here in front of me. <laughs> How could I miss that, right? Um, if, you do ha- if anybody has any type of decoration stuff that we can use for VBS that has any type of construction type um, stuff, right? Um, what's that? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But if you have any type of stuff, hard hats, vests, you know, you stole some signs or something like that, please let us know. Just don't put your name on it so we don't know who they came from. <laughs> I was really tempted the other day. Um, I was driving down the road and I told, I was riding with Daniel and, um, I'm always trying to get him in trouble. Um, it's just... I just enjoy it. <laughs> so we're driving down the road, and uh, I said, hey, Daniel, I'm going to pull over to the side here, jump out and grab some of those uh, construction cones and throw them in the trunk. And he looked at me, so I slowed down. And he looked at me, and I stopped. So what are you doing? Really? What do you think I stopped for? I popped the trunk, you know? I was like, get out there and throw some. Are you serious? <laughs> uh, of course, Megan was in the back seat. She's like, Dad, stop it. <laughs> nah. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to our lesson, right? Um, the, all the different prophecies that Christ fulfilled, and again, just this attack that is against Jesus Christ. And um, we talked a little bit about that last week, how people are trying to portray uh, Jesus just how they want him to be. Uh, They want to make a God in their own image. Um, But the thing that we're going to kind of look at um, here really has to do with, um, if we could say, when again, we're talking about the deity of Christ and why the deity of Christ is so important that Jesus truly is God, right? That he is not just another man. Um, and I wish, I wish I could have some of the young people that went on the missions trip uh, to be able to even to talk about this. Um, one of the young men came up to me. He said, Pastor, he said, I, I've always heard you say it, um, but he said, I never really realized that people really believed it. And uh, he said, uh, I've always heard you said people just want to, or people just want to hear what makes them feel good. 
Um, and he said, I never really believed that. And he said, we were down there, and uh, this person came up, and they said, uh, you know, they were asking what they, they teach. And this person said, well, I just teach what people, what I feel is right. I just teach what I feel people want to know. Um, and he's like, I couldn't believe they said that. You know, I'm like, that's, that's the world we live in, right? Um, and so when you think about Christ, um, if, if Jesus Christ is not God, right? And um, what really is, what is the consequence, if we could say, if we want to use that word, the consequence um, of Jesus not being God? You understand what I'm saying? Maybe the consequence isn't the right word. What is the, um, um, what's, what's another word? The what? The fallout. What is the fallout? What is the result? Um, what, what, is, what is so damaging, um, you know, again, if that's the right word, if Jesus is not God? Ms. Allison? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, no, yeah, no, I, yeah, we understand what you're saying. Yes. You, 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 and Bill, you, yeah. Bill, did you hear that? She says it's a waste of time to be here. That's what she just, she just said that. She said, no, just <laughs> no, he's still sitting there, so that's good, yes. Um, no, that's true. You know, people think that it's, you know, if, if Jesus Christ is not God, then it really, it, this is a waste of time, Right? Church is a waste of time if Jesus is not God, right? What else, Rob? No hope, right? What, what hope do we have, right? Because, I mean, you look at all these other different religions, and you ask them, what hope do you have? Well, we, you know, what, when we say hope, we mean it in a different way. When we say hope, we're talking about anticipation, expectation, right? When they say hope, they're wish, it's wishful thinking, right? We hope, we wish, we hope that one day we'll be able to figure it out and make it right um and so if jesus is not god then there is no hope right there's no hope right what else somebody else miss janet yeah means we have we have lifted up a man as a god right um, the, if Jesus is not God and he was just a, a man, flesh and blood, then we have exalted him to be a God, right? Somebody else? Yeah, this, this, is, this is junk. Again, I'm not saying that. <laughs> right, Miss Allison? <laughs> That's right. I'm not saying it. But if Jesus is not God, then this book is worthless, Right? You might as well just throw it away because there's, there's no validity to it, right? Ms. Rachel? Creation would be the same way because the only way that we know that creation is how the world came to be is through this book, right? Uh, so if, creation, if, if Jesus is not God and is, the word is not true, then, then we really don't know what's true anymore, right? Jeff? Mm-hmm. But you spend all right. Trusting in Jesus, so mm-hmm. I have been looking for other 
Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Anybody else? See, this is, this is why the deity of Christ is so important, especially to, to Christians, those that truly believe the word of God, is because salvation is only through Christ. And if Jesus is not God, then there is no salvation, there's no redemption, there's no justification, there's no hope, right? Because there's no salvation through Christ, right? And that's why this, this, this reconciliation that God is trying to bring between man and God, and Paul tells us that there is one God, one mediator between God and men, and that is the man Christ Jesus, right? Jesus Christ is the one trying to reconcile us to God. Now, again, religion tries to do it, man tries to do it, but they fail. They fall short, right? Only Jesus Christ can do it because only Jesus Christ is God, okay? And that's why that salvation can only come through him. It cannot come through the church, right? It does not come through a man as far as like a priest saying prayers and forgiving your sins or telling you to do so many different things. Salvation does not come through those things. It can only come through Jesus Christ. Um, And that's why in John chapter 1 and verse number 13, um, after he speaks in verse number 12, he says in verse number 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name. And then he says in verse 13, which were born not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, right? This whole idea of salvation, uh, regeneration, is something that only God can do. Now, man has deceived themselves into thinking that we can somehow earn it. We can somehow work for it, right? But God says it is of God. That's why he says there, it's not of blood, it's not of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. It's only something that God can do. And so even John, he states it in 1 John chapter 4, in uh, verses 9 and 10. He says, And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. Again, he's God, he's eternal, he's everlasting, but he's going to come to the earth, robed in flesh, he's going to become a man so that he can offer himself, as as John says here, the propitiation, right? Um, He's sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, okay? Now again, that word propitiation is a big word. What does the word propitiation mean? means substitute, right? He is the substitute for our sin. On the cross, Jesus became the substitute for our sin. Instead of our sin being placed upon us, our sin was placed upon him. He's the substitute. He's the one that took it upon himself. And so he came so that he could be the sacrifice, right? Again, the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament is very clear um, that there had to be a sacrifice for sin right? Sin required a sacrifice. That's why from Adam and Eve, God took an innocent animal, right? All the way through. That's why God wouldn't accept Cain's sacrifice. It wasn't a blood sacrifice. It had to be a blood sacrifice because it was a picture of what Jesus Christ was going to do, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, okay? 
And so Jesus was going to come. Um, Luke tells us to seek and to save that which was lost. Okay? Um, in Romans 5.8, God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So our salvation was never dependent upon the sacrifices that we make for God. Right? And again, sometimes people get this idea that there's a, there was a salvation in the Old Testament that was different from the salvation in the New Testament, right? The salvation in the Old Testament was all about keeping the law, right? So if you kept the law, then, that, then you would be saved, okay? Who kept the law? Nobody did. Well, if you brought the sacrifices, then that meant you were going to be saved, well, we've just been reading through Hosea and Amos where God says, you're offering the sacrifices, and he says, I hate them. So just because they were offering sacrifices, even blood sacrifices, doesn't mean that that's just accepting to God, right? And this is why, yes, it had to be a blood sacrifice, but there had to be that faith, right? A sacrifice without faith is worthless. It's pointless, right? It's just... A ritual. It's just an action being done. Okay, uh, and that's why even though the Jews were God's chosen people, it wasn't just the rituals that they were doing. It was the faith that they had to have. That's why he talks about how the true children of Abraham are not those that follow the law, but the true children of Abraham are who? Who are the true children of Abraham? Hmm? Who are the true children of Abraham? Ms. Leslie? We are. You say, well, I'm not a Jew. I didn't say we're, I'm not talking about Jews. I'm talking about the true children of Abraham. Because he says the true children of Abraham are not those that follow the law. The true children of Abraham are those that have faith like Abraham did, Right? Abraham believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. And God says, now those that believe God, they are the true children of Abraham. Just because somebody's a Jew doesn't mean they automatically get a ticket to heaven, right? I mean, the young people that went down, they got to go to a Jewish synagogue. And if you would ask those Jews in that Jewish synagogue, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God? They would say, no. No way. Jesus Christ was not the Messiah. Jesus Christ was not the Son of God. But they're Jews. But they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Are they saved? No. Because salvation is not based upon whether you're Jew or not. It's based upon faith. Right? That's why Paul, I mean, think about it. The first people that the gospel went to was who? The Jews. <laughs> If they're already saved, why do they need the gospel? If they're Jews and they just, oh, I'm a Jew, I get a free ticket to heaven, why do they need the gospel? Because it wasn't just being a Jew. It had to do with their faith, right? And that's what Jesus Christ came to do. And that's why he says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So all religions except Christianity teach that you earn salvation. You have to earn it. Every religion. You ask, you ask the young people that were here, whether it was the Jews, the, the synagogue, whether it was the Muslims at the mosque, whether it was the Catholics 
at the basilica, whether it was the Hindus at the, the Sikh temple, whether it was the Buddhists at the Buddhist temple, you ask them, what was the one thing they all had to do to be saved? They all have to work for it. They all have to work for it. Christianity is the only religion, and when I say Christianity, I'm not talking about Christianity in large. Okay? I'm talking about true Bible-believing Christianity is the only religion that teaches that salvation is not to be earned, that it is a gift of God, and that only comes through Jesus Christ. So, again, think about this, right? If salvation is a gift and it cannot be earned, then who is taken out of the equation? Who is taken out of the equation for salvation? Us. I am. I'm taken out of the equation. And I don't know why, (laughs) but we have a hard time being taken out of an equation. We don't like to be taken out of the equation. We want it to be about us, right? It's got to be about us. It's got to be about what we can do. And God says it has nothing to do with what you can do. Uh, that's why he says in Acts chapter 4, verse number 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved, right? So key doctrines hinge on the deity of Christ. If Jesus is not God, there's no salvation. If Jesus is not God, not only is there no salvation, but what else is there not? What came right after his death? The resurrection. If Jesus is not God, then there's no resurrection. And again, the, the resurrection proves that he is God. No other person resurrected themselves. Now, again, I didn't say no other person was resurrected. No other person resurrected themselves, right? God resurrected many people, but no one resurrected themselves. God always had to do it. Jesus resurrected himself because he is God. No one resurrected him. No one stole his body. He resurrected himself because he is God, right? And again, it proves that he is God, Um, One man said it this way, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the crowning proof of Christianity. If the resurrection did not take place, then Christianity is a false religion. If it did take place, then Christ is God and the Christian faith faith is absolute truth. That's that's why Paul says, if Christ, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. If Christ is not risen from the grave, we, we have no hope, just like what we were talking about, right? That's why, think about this, that's why. What did they do after his death? Yes, they, the, they, they took him, they put him in the tomb, but what did the religious leaders do? What scared them more than his death? His resurrection. His resurrection scared them more than his death did. They didn't care about his death, but they were concerned about his resurrection. Because he, he prophesied, right? Think about this. Go back to John. In John chapter... Let's see if I can find it here real quick. Um, 
I think it's John chapter 20. Nope. John. Yeah, John chapter 20. Nope. Sorry. Where is that? Uh, I thought it was John. Maybe it's not John. Let me see. Come on, if you find it, let me know. No, not John 15. Um, Let me see. Come on. I hate that when you, you know where something's supposed to be at and then it's just not there. No, not when he said that. Um, man, I really thought it was John. Where the they wanted the um, guards placed. Yeah. Come on, nobody can find it? Shouldn't be that far back. Yes. Matthew, thank you. Thank you. There we go, thank you. Matthew chapter 27, right? So the next day, verse 62, the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir... We remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive after three days, I will rise again. Isn't that interesting? They caught it, but the disciples didn't. Think about that. They caught it. The disciples didn't. The disciples are scared to death. Right? But they said, we remember that he said after three days, I will rise again. They were afraid of his resurrection. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say to the people, he is risen from the dead. Now, what difference would that make? What difference would it make if they stole his body and just said he was risen from the grave? Because erection, a resurrection would prove something powerful, Right? And that's why they didn't want even the disciples to be able to steal the body to even make that claim. They said, we know he said after three days he's going to rise again. So give us, give us some guards, put the Roman seal on it. Nobody will touch that. Everybody's afraid of Rome, right? The disciples, I mean, they're just fishermen. There's no way they're going to overpower Roman soldiers. Okay? So put it up there, put the guards there, because we cannot let him out. To let him out... <laughs> Is, is greater. And this is what he says, right? So the last error shall be worse than the first. 
They were so afraid of the resurrection. Hey, the crucifixion, not a big deal. They they wanted him dead. But they also remembered, wait a minute, he said that he would rise again. And if he rises again the third day, if if they start claiming he's resurrected, we have lost. We have lost. Because it truly proves that he's God. Now, they're not thinking that he's really going to rise again, but they're thinking that somehow the disciples or somebody's going to steal it to make it look like he's going to rise again. Because the resurrection proves that what he said was true. The resurrection proves that he's God, and that's why they were so afraid of it, and that's why they wanted it guarded, right? Pilate said, you have your watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. I love that phrase. I really do. I love that phrase. Make it as sure as you can. But it don't matter how sure you make it. (laughs) He's coming out, right? Make it as sure as you can. So you got the Roman soldiers there. You got the Roman seal. Nobody's going to mess with Rome unless you're greater than Rome. And that's God. He's greater than Rome. He's greater than all the world powers put together. That Roman seal, those Roman soldiers weren't going to keep him in. That rock wasn't going to keep him in. He didn't need the rock. Nobody needed to roll the stone away for him to get out. The stone was rolled away so people could get in and see that he was gone. Right? This is good. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Jesus has got bodyguards. (laughs) But he came out anyway. He came out. Amen? So what'd they do? Well, that really scared him. So they go and they tell the Pharisees, the chief priests, hey, he's out. (laughs) He's, he's, there's nothing we can do. He's gone. Something happened. We don't know what happened, (laughs) but he's not there anymore. What'd they do? They paid him hush money. They said, well, don't tell anybody. Just keep it quiet. We'll make sure that we'll we'll secure you before Pilate because they should have been put to death for losing uh, something that was under Roman guard. They said, we'll make sure. So you have this guarded tomb. But then Jesus rises again. The angel says, he is not here for he is risen as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. You think about all the people that saw the Lord Jesus Christ after his resurrection, right? All the people that saw him, they saw him die. They mocked at him. And again, you have people that will try to make up crazy stories. Uh, there's, there's people that have tried to say that it was actually Judas that died in Jesus's place. Jesus didn't actually die. Judas died in his place or someone else died in his place because Jesus didn't really die. And that's why he was able to say he resurrected. No, those Pharisees, remember, they were mocking him. They were spitting upon him. They said, hey, you did all these miracles. Why don't you save yourself? They wouldn't have been saying that to Judas. They wouldn't have been saying that to anybody else other than Jesus, right? They saw him die right there. They laughed. They mocked. They didn't want that inscription above the king of the Jews. No, 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 no. We don't want that up there. They knew who they had put on the cross. It wasn't some substitute, right? People say, well, it was a substitute. Somebody else was up there. No, no, no. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. And they buried him. And they're mourning. The women are mourning. The disciples are mourning. His followers are mourning. They don't know what to do now. That wasn't part of their plan. It was God's plan. It was God's plan for him to rise again. 
the third day. And he rose again. The women come to the tomb. Don't recognize him. He's in a glorified body. Don't recognize him at first. And then he reveals himself to them. He says, go and tell the disciples. The disciples come, run into the tomb. He's not there. Then Jesus walks through the wall. Can you imagine that? I mean, just just think. Just picture in your mind, all of a sudden, somebody just walks through that wall right there. I'd be freaking out. Right? I mean, literally, come on. Somebody just walks through the wall right there. There's no door. We know the door's up here. There's doors back there. But they just walk through the door right there in front of Brother, uh, Brother Jeff and Miss Vicky. right? They just walk right in. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> I think we'd be having to call an ambulance. <laughs> Somebody would be having a heart attack, and it'd be me. He just walks right in. It says, peace be unto you. Not only the disciples, but you think about all the people. You think about the two on the the road to Emmaus, right? (laughs) And you think about all the other ones that were that he he showed himself to. I like the uh, I like the account. I don't know if this is true or not, but the story is told of an African Muslim who became a Christian, who turned away from Islam and put his faith in Christ. And when his friend asked him why he became a Christian, He tried to think of the best way to tell him. How can I really explain to him why I became a Christian? So when he thought a moment, he tried to come up with a comparison that he thought his friend would understand. And he said, well, it's like this. Let's say that we are going down a a road and suddenly the road forks. It goes in two directions. And you don't know which way to go. But there's two men at the fork. One is dead and one is alive. Who would you ask which way to go? He said, that's why I became a Christian. Muhammad's dead. Buddha, Confucius, all these others, they're all dead. But Jesus is alive. He rose from the grave, right? And that's, again, all of that. You think about over 500 people. You know, the Bible says, according to Jewish law, according to Jewish law, only two people had to be witnesses of something, right? Just two people. If two people were witnesses, then it was validated, okay? Two people. All Jesus had to show himself to was to the women. There was three of them. That would validate it, right? Now, again, of course, in those days, uh, many times people didn't take the word of a woman. So what's he do? He appears to 11 disciples, Men, well, that's the, these, are, these were his followers, so we can't trust them either. So what does Jesus do? He, he appears to over 500 people. Now, we don't have the names and dates and addresses of everybody that he appeared to, but the Bible tells us he appeared to over 500 people in that 40-day period of, after his resurrection and before his ascension. 500 people. Validating, again, proving who he is. And then, of course... Because of the resurrection, we know that we have, one day, a date, a reunion with the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you could, I guess you can call it a reunion. Um, You know, a reunion, you ever ever been to a high school reunion? Anybody ever been to a reunion before? I I get to go to a reunion every single year. 
I get to go to my high school reunion every single year, and everybody's there. <laughs> Some of you will catch that. Because <laughs> I was the only one there. <laughs> I'm it, right? My, this is my high school reunion right here. <laughs> but a reunion is something that takes place because you've been around other people, right? You were there, you were at the school, you have friends and things like that. I understand why people call it a reunion, but really it's, it's more than, than a reunion because, let's face it, even though we believe that Jesus Christ lived and died, was buried and rose again, we believe that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, we just haven't been able to see him yet. We haven't been able to be with him yet. And so one day, there's going to be a day that we're going to be able to be with him. More than a reunion. Man, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be a great day. Because we get to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he tells the disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Hey, don't worry. I've got a place prepared for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Man, the hope that we have in Christ right? And, and that's, that's the thing that's missing from all these other religions, right? You ask, you ask a Buddhist, you ask a Muslim, you ask a Mormon, um, you ask a Catholic, what hope do you have? What hope do you have? They have none. They have no hope. They wish, they're, they're thinking that maybe if I do all of these things, then I might be able to make it. But there's still no guarantee. Right? I mean, the Muslims, the five pillars of the faith. You know that in, in Islam, Allah, their God, really doesn't care about you? He doesn't care about you. He doesn't love you. He wants to use you. And even then, if you do the five pillars of the faith, like what they say, there's still no guarantee. Because Allah, in the Quran, you can do everything that Allah says, but yet if Allah says, I just don't like you, guess what? You're out. That's comforting, isn't it? I did everything you asked me. I don't care. I just don't like you. Well, that's great. Well, what was the purpose then? <laughs> That's a comforting God, isn't it? No love, no concern. That's why our God is different. Our God is a God of love that showed his love, not by using us, but by using himself. He used himself for us. He came and died on the cross for our sins. He didn't ask us to die and do all these different things. No, he came and did it for us. Because we can't do it ourselves. We have that hope. The rapture. The second coming of Jesus Christ. That one day we'll be with him. For all of eternity. I mean there's just. There's so many things you can go through. And when thinking about. The deity of Christ. Why the deity of Christ is so important. And why the world is trying to destroy who Jesus is. 
You ever, you ever been in kind of a situation where somebody else is just miserable and the only way that they're going to be happy is if they can make everybody else miserable? That's what the world's trying to do. They're miserable. And those that truly have put their faith in Christ are not. Because we do have hope. We have a hope. We, we know that Jesus is God. We know that his, his death paid for our sins. And we're going to be with him one day for all of eternity. So they're just trying to make everybody else miserable like them. Because they have no hope. There's nothing that they have to look forward to. And that's why the deity of Christ is so important. That's why it's important that we understand it and that we teach it to our children who Jesus is, right? Again, we've, we've gone through this, you know, the statistics and things of how many people are Christians, so-called Christians, right? I, having a, I was having a conversation just last week with a gentleman. He said, I don't understand it. He said, a guy that I grew up with that I thought was a dedicated Christian, he said, you know what? He's just turned totally against God, and I don't understand it. What, he said, what would make somebody do that? I said, I don't know. I have no idea. It was very, almost, <laughs> it was so similar to what we were talking about last week, right? Um, I don't know. I hope the person's really saved. Maybe something tragic happened in their life and, and it's got them off, off track or something. But the deity of Christ is so important because that one thing, who Christ is, affects so many different doctrines that we believe the resurrection our eternal destiny creation i mean it affects everything right it's very very vital anybody have any a question or comment or anything maybe you want to uh make mention or add to or anything like this oh i thought this was i forgot this let me let me read this to you i thought this was really interesting um let's see if i can find it here Oh, yeah. So in the, on a wall in the United States Library of Com- Congress, right, you'll find uh, words from uh, a poem by uh, a man by the name of Tennyson. Anybody ever heard of Tennyson, right? He's a famous poet, right? So this is, this is what, um, these are the words that he says, right? And this is on the wall in the li- U.S. Library of Congress. One God, one law, one element, and one far-off divine event to which the whole creation moves. Now, I have no idea if Tennyson was a Christian or not, right? And what divine event Tennyson may have been referring to, I don't know if we can ever really know that. But I find it very interesting that he says, one God, one law, one element, and one far-off divine event. Not just an event, a divine event to which the whole creation moves. Anybody know what that event is? Or what I would care to suggest that it might be? I believe it's the return of Jesus Christ. The return of Christ. 
right? Very interesting. Um, so anybody have, yeah, Miss Rachel, you got a couple minutes here. They don't. They, they have no hope. They just, they're wishful thinking. If I do all these things and maybe, maybe I can make it. Um, and they're not, they're not even, you know, they're not even looking for the same thing we're looking for anyway. They're, they're wanting to become gods and have their own little planets and things like that. I mean, it's just, um, it's really crazy what they've, what they've done. Anybody else? I'm giving you a chance. We got, I'm actually a minute or two early, so kudos to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a question about part of the verse that we read. Sure. When um, we were looking um, in Matthew 27, 64. Mm-hmm. Something just, that just kind of hit me differently than I think I've heard it before. Um, at the end there, verse 64, where it says, so the last error Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I, um, the, la- uh, the last error, obviously, being him disappearing from right. the Right, resurrecting, that, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Shall be worse than the first. Are they, a, in a way, it kind of hit me that it's almost like an admission that they were in error in crucifying him. That the, I think that what they're saying is that if, if the... Um, if the word of resurrection gets out, then that error, right. right, of the word resurrection getting out would be worse than if they had not crucified him. So they're not saying that the crucifixion was an error, but they're saying that if word starts spreading that there is a resurrection, it would have been even better if they would not have crucified him. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't think they had any remorse about crucifying him. None at all. They just they were just concerned if the resurrection starts getting believed, then that is going to actually be worse than if they would have just left him alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Isn't that interesting, though? That they, they, they listened to what he said, and they said, he said, after three days, I'll rise again. The disciples didn't even catch it. Right? The disciples didn't even catch it. Remember, Jesus has to come and rebuke them for their hardness of heart and unbelief because they didn't believe the women that came and said, we've seen him, he's alive. They said, no, we heard him say. And if, he, if that gets out, that he is resurrected, man, that's, that's going to be worse than if we would have left him alive just to keep on teaching. Because now there's this resurrection, which is really interesting because the Pharisees believed in a resurrection. The Sadducees did not. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees believed once you died, that was it. You're gone. But the Pharisees believed in a resurrection, but they just didn't want it to be Jesus. Because if the resurrection was through Jesus, then again, that proves that he is God. And they did not want that at all. Very good. All right. Well, again, next week we'll all be in here.